0: Welcome to First Things First, the weekly podcast where we talk about God, faith, and life in Shallowwater, Texas. Our podcast is a production of First Shallow Water, and you can find more information about our church by clicking on the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for joining us. Here's our pastor, Brad Miles.
1: Welcome everyone to the First Things First podcast. I am super excited today. We we every week on our podcast, we try to have uh, interesting uh, exciting people that we can just who who a lot of whom live here in Shallow Water, Texas and go to our church. And we just you know bring them in here and we just get to listen to their stories and today you're going to be super excited to hear from my friend Alana Hayes. Alana is a mom. And a wife of a farmer, and she is an entrepreneur, and she's also uh, she's also a, a really faithful member of our church, and uh, really plugged in in a lot of different areas uh, of our church. And we're so grateful to have her here. But I'm excited for us to have a conversation today, Atlanta. This is gonna be good.
0: That's gonna be good. Yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, and we're we're just gonna chat about uh, about life and faith and all those kinds of things. But why don't you just start out by uh, telling the uh, you know, two people who are listening to this podcast who don't already know you. Tell them, <laughs> tell them a little bit about yourself. So,
0: um, Well, I actually, I'll just start with where Ben and I met and go up. And then that's we can go back. About. Yeah, that's good. For faith-based conversations yeah, after. That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, so Ben and I met um, on my 18th birthday.
1: Whoa.
0: Um, in Amarillo, Texas. Okay. He had already graduated college. Yeah. And I had been in college for a year. I graduated early.
1: Okay. okay. And so
0: I had already had a year of college underneath my belt. And all of my friends were talking about this mystical place where you go dancing. (laughs) And I had to see what it was about, of course. Yeah. Um, I didn't last very long there (laughs) at all. Um, Really overwhelmed. Yeah. Lost my people. Oh, no. And I thought... What am I going to do? And so I looked around and thought, this man right here, he looks like I could stand next to him (laughs) and not, like, die. (laughs) So I walked up next to him and said, I'm lost. I've lost my people. Uh Can I please stand next to you so I don't look like I'm lost?
1: Yes. Well, because you don't want to look lost in a place like that. No. You you don't. You don't. I get it. No. Yeah.
0: And he of course, was quick-witted. Yes. Yes. Sweet Jim. <laughs> and said, well, I think I could help you find your friends if we just go dance.
1: Oh. oh yeah. Yeah.
0: But, wow.
1: So I feel like I've, I've been around Ben for a while and I've had some conversations with Ben. I feel like I know him pretty well, a little well, right? At least. And so, that level of smoothness. It
0: was smooth. That's
1: probably not something I would have attributed to Ben until you just told the story right now. But that's smooth. He was on his game.
0: He was on his game, yeah. for sure. So that was, that was it. I didn't have to go back ever again. It was on yeah. my 18th birthday, one and done, now with my <laughs> husband. And I never have to do that again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's amazing that, like, you know, you're right, that is a tough scene. I feel sorry for people who are single. You it's know? awful. Yeah, I, it's it's so crazy to try to figure that all out. But so so you guys danced that night, right? That
0: night, and that was it.
1: So, but like, but be more specific, so what happened at the, was he like... I
0: never found my friends.
1: <laughs> you just like a band, you just like ditched them all. that's awesome
0: never found them again um
1: did he say like can i call you later and can we go to on another date i mean how did he i want to i want to hear more of the smooth you know
0: i don't know that i have any more smoothness that was 15 years ago (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember
1: yeah but y'all pretty much started we hit it off right then
0: started dating um, that was in April. I went and I was a church camp counselor over the summer. So okay. we were just talking, I think. And then when I got home from being a church camp counselor, right, um, that August, and we, for real, started dating.
1: Right, right, right. But y'all had already been...
0: we had already been talking and you made and a forth. connection
1: and that... Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah.
0: He just had to wait till I got done with my camp counselor duties. Okay, all
1: right. Because <laughs> those are important. Those, <laughs> those are, are important. important. So what camp were you working at?
0: So it's called Hidden Falls Ranch okay. in Wayside, Texas, which all is right. right next to Cedar Canyon. Oh, yeah. Okay, very good. It's a gym if you need a place for your kids to go.
1: All right, I like that. I, I will keep that in mind. So that this is very exciting. You just... You just happened to stand next to Ben and you were scared. So you started talking to him. He looked
0: like not a murderer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was your That was was my bar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not a murderer. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So that
0: was pretty much it. We hit it off, started dating. We were married in less than two years. Okay. All right. So I got married when I was 20.
1: Okay. All right. Um,
0: He had already, when I met him that night, he had already finished college. Sure. Um, so we got myself through college, and I went also for a mystical degree because yeah, I didn't not? know yeah. what I wanted to do. I had my associates, and uh-huh. I loved horses, right? and so why not get a degree in horses Yeah, for sure? <laughs> yeah. That was smart. <laughs> um, and then I also needed a big kid job, so I had to go back and get my teaching certificate. Okay, yeah. I love kids. I've always loved kids and yes. thought... That'll that'll That'd work. Be that'll yeah. be great. Uh-huh. Um, we had a really great opportunity. Ben at that point was a health inspector. Okay, in Amarillo, yeah. which is not a very, uh, not a job that you get a lot of satisfaction from. Mm. He was not in a good spot personally, just because he loved his coworkers, sure, but people are not nice to you no. in that job yeah. at all. And You're so, the enemy
1: when you come into a place. Oh like, yes. Yeah. It is
0: like, yeah, it's not good. Anyway, so we had really been praying through what our next step was. And so I applied all over. I applied in Amarillo. I applied in Lubbock. I applied in water mm-hmm. and really just prayed that God, you just open the doors, show us where you want us. Yeah. And that's where we're going to go. And I received a job offer in Lubbock okay, and a job offer in Amarello within 30 minutes of each other. Whoa. And so I gave it all to Ben and said, Ben, we have been praying for this as a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, it is now your job as a leader of our house to decide where we're going. Which one? Yeah. Because this is your job that's changing. Mine's the same in either place. Sure. Yeah. And so he chose Lubbock. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, uh, so you guys moved down to to Lubbock. Did you come to shallow water, or did you live in Lubbock for? A we while?
0: lived in Lubbock first, and I taught at an elementary school there. And then he farmed. Okay. Um, my family has farmed here for decades. Yeah. And so he started farming here with my family, and that, that's awesome. Yeah, that was it. We had um, in Amarillo. We had actually got pregnant with our first kiddo. Okay. And we lost him. Um, Um, later in the pregnancy. And so we really personally just needed, we needed an adjustment. Yeah. There's Um, a lot of, a lot of emotions that Uh go through that. Um, and then, so I started my first job here and I was so excited. We decided to get pregnant again Uh and we lost that little boy too. Oh, so we were, we were pretty angry. Yeah. Like we had gone through the process twice. We were pretty far in both pregnancies and it just didn't make sense why we had lost two little boys back to back ah. and we didn't really know what to do. So that's a big part of Ben and I's journey as a couple is going through that grieving process yeah. and going through the process as a couple. We grew from both of those traumatic events substantially. Right. Um, so we decided after that we would get pregnant again and we got pregnant with Hunter and um, which was the biggest blessing ever all four so I've been pregnant six times right um, all of them were I am not a great pregnant person <laughs> I am not some people are they're, they're living their best life right every single one of my pregnancies landed me in the hospital for multiple weeks oh yeah so this is not you don't want yeah. It's not great. <laughs> yeah,
1: Amy, Amy, <laughs> same way. Like she and all of her sisters. Actually, I mean, like Amanda, her twin sister. Well, she was pregnant with twins too at the time. But, but they had to pull over on the way to the hospital to deliver the twins so that she could throw up. Like, yeah, no, I've she done was that. Sick the entire and I've Amy done that. too. Like Amy would yeah. be in the emergency room because she's dehydrated because she'd been throwing yes. up. Like she had a stomach virus all day. You know what I mean? Yes. So
0: it's awful. But through all of that, God provided such restoration because. So we had two little boys that we lost. Mm-hmm. We had Hunter. Um, rough pregnancy. Wound up in the hospital for a couple of weeks. Right. Um, had Hunter. Then I yeah. had to have a surgery because of all of the complications. Yeah. Yeah. Had Finley. Dear Lord, that child is like the biggest blessing ever <laughs> throughout the entire pregnancy. It was really like, it was like, she was perfect. Everything was perfect. Yeah. And how calm that pregnancy. I still wound up in the hospital with that pregnancy. Right. It was much better. It was easier. (laughs) Um, Just that whole pregnancy and how her attitude is on life, it completely went through to how she acts and reacts to situations now, Mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. Someone should research that. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, so we had Hunter and we had Finley, and Ben loves babies. Yeah, Like, he loves them. Yeah. I think he gets baby fever, more than anything else
1: (laughs) well he also doesn't have to carry him around for nine months so let's throw that out there too so
0: yeah so um we really just made a prayerful decision and sometime in between hunter and finley um when i say like i was in deep grief yeah i was still grieving the two little boys that we lost right and, um, God has always spoke to me through dreams. Uh-huh. Um, I've always been very visual in dreams. I think it's probably because I'm always running like a hundred miles a minute mm-hmm. and he knows if I can just get her to sit right. down.
1: <laughs> when she goes to sleep, I'm going to talk to her. That's the only time she listens. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and so we had really been praying through just healing and I had a dream with, um, it was just the, most beautiful scene you could ever possibly imagine. There are no words to describe it. And I was watching our two little boys in heaven playing. Oh. And it was, they were playing together. And it just was, I can't even explain the healing that I got from watching all of this. And I remember um, God looking back at me saying, I have them. Right. And I thought, what better to have like the greatest parent of all time mm-hmm. get to watch after them. I don't need to worry yeah, anymore because yeah. he's got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was an enormous amount of healing that I didn't even know I needed. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I do. Um, so we had that. Um, and that I talked to Ben about Ben knows that I've always been a dreamer. Mm-hmm. And so and I always talk to him about it or I write him down because you never know. You might not might not speak to you at that moment. Right. But it comes up mm-hmm. at some point. And so um, Ben and I decided to get pregnant again. And we've done this a time or two. That's our fourth pregnancy. Right. At that, is that right? One, two, three, four, fifth. That uh, would have been our fifth pregnancy. Yeah. So we had done that a time or two. And Ben was spraying yeah. on the tractor. And he was like, I've done this before. I don't need to come to this appointment. Right. So we went to the appointment and... One thing I would say about Ben and I with uh, our marriage and having a healthy marriage is that we are always keeping each other on our toes. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of jokes and pranking (laughs) is real serious. (laughs) That's good. That's good. So you just always have to be ready. Right. You
1: never know. You never know. Yeah. Um,
0: Anyway, so I went to the appointment by myself and I called him and said, Ben, there's two. There's two. (laughs) And he did not believe me. I had to tell him over and over, there are two babies. Yeah, yeah. You had this bright idea, and now there are two (laughs) babies. (laughs) And I had no idea what we were going to do. But the complete full circle moment was that whenever we found out the gender of these babies, it was two little boys. yeah. It was two little boys. And I'm not saying that. I got our two little boys. No. Yeah, but I got the two little boys that I have been mourning for. Right, back to kind of make our family a little bit more whole.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, wow. God is in all the little details.
1: Yeah, and it's amazing that he he cares enough about us to answer, like to to do those things. You know, like I don't know. Yeah, the, healing could have come to you a whole bunch of different ways. For right? sure. But but allowing. But you seeing a vision of your of your kids in heaven playing. I mean, that's that's the Lord, you know. Yeah. So because He cares about your heart. Well, and
0: I'm emotional right now. I can't even describe the amount of beauty, yeah, that was in it. And just thinking about it, like I'll burst into tears right now. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just the most beautiful scene you could ever imagine.
1: So, okay, look, I know, I know there are people who are listening to this podcast who have you know, they've lost a baby. And, uh, I know, I know, you know, folks in our church that that's been a struggle for them. And I I know there are people who have, who deal with this in our church and who listen. So like, talk about like walking, walking through that, those experiences, right? What was it that, um, what was it that, that, that helped you help you work your way through that you know, what was it that kept you clinging to your faith during that time? Like, you know, talk about that, how you, how you navigated that grief.
0: Sure. Well, the first one, Ben and I were young. Right. We were young and I think I just thought things happen. Right. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. And we'll just try again. Right. The second time that it happened, you know, just back to back, Mm -hmm. I was angry. Yeah. Yeah. So angry um leaned on ben a lot Mm -hmm. had to have the conversation with ben like he's like i lost two little boys too right you know what i mean yeah and so i was so unbelievably angry it's not even funny yeah and it was a friend that told me god is really tough and he can handle you being angry at him right yeah um like he's still gonna be here whenever you come back around and Uh i never lost my faith i just needed a hot minute Yeah, yeah to be mad yeah absolutely so, um, really getting through it was just, it was just been mm-hmm. truly lots of, I needed space yeah, religiously to just have a hot minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Ben has always been the forefront of everything that we've done of how can we bring this back? Like, how can we bring this back to God? How can we yeah. praise him in all of the little details? Right, right. Um, so really, I think it was a foundation of Ben and I's relationship that mm. helped save me through that situation because if it wouldn't have been for Ben, yeah, I don't know that I would have had the support that I needed. Right. Yeah. But I also had a really strong foundation to start with. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like I knew all of this information. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. But you know, but a lot, of, we do though, right? We, I mean, a lot of us who grew up in mm-hmm. church and around it, right? We, we do know all the information. Mm-hmm. But still, whenever life you know, just really smacks you over the head with a two-by-four like it sometimes does, right? Really painful things. Then we, th- there's still this, you know, do I really believe all of this stuff? Right. You know?
0: Do I believe all the lies I'm allowing the enemy to feed right. into my head yeah. that are not accurate? Yeah, yeah. And the answer is no.
1: Right. <laughs> and, and do I believe the truths that I've learned about the Lord Mm-hmm. You know, because in that moment, like you can say all you want, right? I believe that the Lord is good. But there are times in your life where you end up in a, in a moment where it is really difficult to see evidence mm-hmm. of that goodness, right? Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. And even though like you've been blessed with an amazing husband and you, you know what I mean? And he loved you and, they, and, and there was this, you know, and that was just a gift from the Lord, right? But still like in that moment, it's tough to see that. It's hard that God is good. It's hard. And sometimes believing that God is good is just an act of will. It's just like, you know what? I'm going to trust the Lord right now. You know?
0: And I think at one point, this is probably a terrible analogy, analogy, but at one point I just had to say, I'm getting my big girl pants on today. Yeah. I am going to do my hair and fix my face. (laughs) And I'm going to slap a smile on this face. And Uh even though I am not okay, and it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to put one foot in front of the other today. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I have said, and I just lost my papa a year ago, which yeah. is another grieving process, but what I keep reminding myself currently <laughs> yeah. um, and other people, because we have other friends, you know, that have lost um, little ones, is grief is tricky. Yeah, it is. Grief is tricky. There are no rules to grief. Right. You get to make your own up. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, and I we're we've been on this journey too alana you know amy's sister passed away you know last january right when we Mm -hmm. first came here and um and so we've been on this journey too and on the journey with her kids you know yeah with with melanie's kids and um but but one of the things that we've kind of learned is that i don't know what it is but in our culture grief is not something that we're we're supposed to stop grieving we're supposed to stop feeling sad like we're supposed Mm -hmm. to you know what i mean So one of them, Amy read a book and I can't can't remember the name of it, but, but the thing that she learned from the book was, you know, grief is a, grief is a, it doesn't go away. You can, you can try to say, I want it to be gone. It's gone or whatever, but it doesn't, it's not gone. It's still there. You're just pretending like it's not right. Right. Grief is a garden that you tend, you know, and beautiful things can grow out of it, but, but, but you have to work the garden and sometimes you just got to sit in the dirt you know? And sometimes you've got to get your hands down in the dirt and work it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but, but you can't just, you can't just close your eyes and wish grief away and you can't, you can't just close your eyes and and get your life back to whatever it was before this huge thing happened in your life. It's not ever going back there, you know? So Mm -hmm. that whatever the normal is going to be for you is going to be new, a new kind of normal. And it can be beautiful and it can be good, but But we don't know how to sit with grief. You know, we don't know how to tend it.
0: It's hard to be still. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to be still. And I wrote down a couple of things about grief Mm. that I seem to continually resonate with. And it's grief is not embarrassing. No. There is no statutory period that says grief lasts this long, which is what you're saying. Yeah. I wrote down, grief is walking through the continuous presence of an absence that you've never had before.
1: Yeah, right. Ooh, say that again. Say it again.
0: Grief is walking through the continuous presence of an absence that you've never had before.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that That's one good. for me is really wrong true on my papa. Yeah. He's been there my whole life. Your whole life. My whole life. And, um, so yeah. Okay. Another one that, um. Is that uh, the relief is in the details, and I think that's really just talking about it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to lock it in a box and never talk about it again,
1: right? If you do that, it's super unhealthy. Like yes, <laughs> that's, that will that can destroy you if you yes. try to lock it in a box. Yes, so uh, yeah, absolutely. So, if anyone listening to the podcast today, um, well, we just want to we just want to encourage you together um, that if you're man, if you're really if you're really sad. If you're really struggling, that's okay. And the Lord can handle uh, you telling him that you're being honest with him, that you're angry, sad, frustrated, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. He can handle that. He wants us to be honest with him. And then the other thing I would say is, uh, you know, there's there's help available, right? There are people, yeah. you know, they actually went to school and studied for a long time to try to help people who are in your situation. <laughs> yes. you know? So, yes. uh, So don't, you know, you don't have to do this on your own. And, uh, anyway, we, we would, uh, uh that church, we have a list of counselors that we can refer people to. If anybody, if anybody, uh, would like to know about that, they can call a church officer. Well, emails. and they can always reach out to me too. Absolutely, um,
0: yeah. peer support, I think is another thing that probably other people have gone through what you're going exactly. through. exactly. You yeah. are not alone. Right. Um, and you have a great sermon series over grief. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just plug that really quick, because one thing I got from your sermon series that I wrote down, and I'm always writing things down about grief, uh-huh. um, is death's sting is in the grave, but the victory's in Jesus. That's
1: right. Yeah. Yeah. Death has been swallowed up in victory. So, uh, that's what, that's what Corinthians tells us. So,
0: but your that's sermon good. series was fabulous.
1: Oh, thank you. We're we're th- that's been a, it's been really timely, I think, for me. But the fact is that we, you know, the fact of the matter is that we uh, we do have these times where it feels like life just turned out the lights, you know, and it, mm-hmm. it makes us feel like lost, like scared, like seeing crazy things and all the shadows, and we don't know what's out there. I mean, that it, that happens to us a lot, but. When, when you read scripture, you see Jesus went through the same stuff. Like, you know, he, he knows what that feels like. You know, the Lord knows what that feels like. Is not just because, because he actually walked through it. And, um, and I just think that's a beautiful thing about Christianity. I, you know, I really do. The God that we worship put on skin and bones just like us, you know. And he, and he went through all of the tough things that we go through, you know. He experienced them all. And I think that's awesome. So there's hope in that. We're not alone.
0: You're so, not alone.
1: Yeah. So okay, good. That, so thanks for sharing that really. Uh, I know that's going to be meaningful to, to folks who are, who are listening to hear, hear a little bit of your story. So um, can, can you back up though and talk about you know your faith journey? you, you, you talked about how you, you kind of grew up you know around it and, and had that foundation that was laid. So,
0: I grew up in the church every Sunday. My parents um, actually divorced when I was really little. okay. Um, I think I was two, okay. so like little, 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 yeah. Um, but it didn't matter whose house I was in. The expectation was that your booty was in church. Yeah, <laughs> that's. Good. Um, I remember. I mean, my grandmother even she's played the organ at our church for um, since she was nine.
1: Wow. Wow. What church? So that?
0: it's First Christian Church in Dalhart okay. was the one that my mom attended. And then my dad was Methodist. So he okay. attended a Methodist church here in Shallowwater. Oh, okay. All right. So, so
1: she played the organ every Sunday. Since she
0: was nine years old. Yeah. What nine-year-old do you know <laughs> leads worship?
1: Yeah. Well, and there's like, there's pedals and stuff. Like you have to, like, that's yeah. not easy to do that.
0: And so. she just doesn't miss. Right. <laughs> like she almost feels like she has to ask permission. Right. And I'm like, you have done your time.
1: Right, you, <laughs> you can you can miss a Sunday. You, you're
0: okay. <laughs> um, let's see, where were we at?
1: Well, you were we were just talking about. Okay, your yes. You grew up in Sorry. church. Family really rooted yes, in the church. Super
0: rooted. Um, went to church camp every summer. Yeah. Um, at one point, which I didn't realize. Was probably monumental in my life, but uh-huh. looking back, I thought, "Oh, yeah, yeah." <laughs> um, at one point in church camp, I dedicated my life to missions, and I did, don't think that I knew what that meant. Right. I just felt called to missions. Yeah. And so, you know, fast forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twenty plus years, twenty five years. Um, that's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. And so that's I started a nonprofit, um, called Against the Grain, mm-hmm. and we serve an orphanage in Nepal, yeah. mostly. Um, We help throughout the community as well, Um, but who knew that this little girl that dedicated her life to missions that really didn't know what it meant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Most likely. Yeah. Um, I mean, God is in all the details. Mm -hmm. I say that all the time.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, was there? So, you kind of just grew up steeped in in faith and in absolutely. So, is there is there a moment you remember, or a time in your life, or a period in your life you remember where you, you know, where where you really felt like that you understood what it meant to serve and follow Jesus and you were really leaning into that?
0: That's a tough one. I think it's always been there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's always been there. Uh-huh. It's not ever been something that I questioned. Right. Even when I was really mad. <laughs> yeah, right. I never questioned it. I always knew that it was there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Al- always knew that that you were serving Jesus, that he was your... Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I mean, my uncle was a pastor at the church. Okay. Like, it's just always, it's always been there. It's not been something I've ever questioned.
1: Right. I think, you know, that's, that story of faith, a lot of people I talk to, that's their story, you know, that they, I mean, they can't tell you. A moment where they like surrendered their life to Christ because they they it was always surrendered like <laughs> as long as they can remember you know, mm-hmm. so uh, so uh, and I think that's really beautiful. A, a lot of folks, uh, you know, a lot of folks don't have that. You know, they're not raised in that way, or or even people who mm-hmm. were raised in the church. Some of them go through periods where, you know, where they're like, you know. This is stupid, or you know, or, or uh, they go through periods where they doubt, or where they walk away, or you know, or even if they've been raised in the church, they, they, you know, that they, they were just kind of going, you know what I mean? I, they were just kind of going through the motions, and they would go to church because that's what you did, but they didn't really understand what they were doing. So, when I talked to somebody who's like, "No, man, al- always," you know, I, I just that's, and it's always just been growing, you know, but but it's always been there. That's that's a beautiful that's a beautiful story. So. I love those. I don't have that story. You know, I was young though. I was only six, but, but a lot of folks, you know, they go through a lot of push and pull and they walk away and they come back and they, you know what I mean? So.
0: Well, and like the... I said, I'm not going to say I was never upset. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, I just talked about that, but there was never a doubt, a shadow of a doubt in my mm-hmm. mind that that was not the answer.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you grew up in church, you, you know. Met, married your husband, you know, and uh, and have you know, have starting a family, you know, going through all that stuff, and so so, what um, t- talk about because you mentioned briefly Nepal, you could so you uh, unpack that a little bit. How in the world?
0: There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, I was called, um, the summer of I think it was the summer of 2018 from a friend, uh-huh. and said, hey, I've really been praying over this and. We're going to Nepal, and you and Hunter are supposed to come with us. Whoa. <laughs> okay. So that was interesting. How I, old was Hunter? At that time, Hunter was five. Wow. He was five, he was five when we went to Nepal. Man. Which, my little boys, my twins are five now. Right. Would never. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely would never. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of growing up to do. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, I told Ben about it. Ben is such a great partner, and yeah. that it really wouldn't matter what I brought to him. Uh-huh. He would be like, "Let's do it."
1: Yeah. The default is yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. is the default, uh-huh. which is a
0: great quality to have, Ben. If you're listening.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of feel I'm. I, I'm kind of the same way. Like I'm. Uh, I want to. I want to tell people yes. You know. And Amy, too. Like, if she comes to me with an idea, like, I want to say yes, you know? So, if there are uh, rare times where I have like pushback, it's uh, that that's extreme, you know? Because my desire is to be able to whatever you want, let's do it. You know what I mean? So, So the problem,
0: yeah, the problem was Ben, uh, Hunter and I didn't have passports at the time. Um, Well, I might have. I think I did. Okay. He didn't. Yeah. My five-year-old did not have a passport. That's weird. Why didn't you? Why didn't my five-year-old have a passport? (laughs) Um, Anyway, so we got him one, and we went December of 2018. Okay. And we were there December and January. Part of December and part of January.
1: So how long total? Like three weeks? A couple weeks. Okay, yeah. Okay, so but before, I just want to pause and go back. Your friend called you.
0: My friend called me and
1: said you <laughs> I think y'all are and your 5-year-old son are supposed to go to Nepal.
0: Yes. Also, let me clarify, I had no idea where that was. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no clue.
1: Okay. All right. So uh, so I just want to like th- that's something to kind of think through here and because that's a big deal.
0: It's a big deal. International travel
1: with your five-year-old. Yes.
0: Yes. Also, at that point, he had an anaphylactic allergy to peanuts. Okay. Which, that's a 20-plus-hour airplane ride? Mm -hmm. One.
1: One. That's only one one of the stretches. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a long way to have an anaphylactic allergy where people are, you know, busting out their peanut Peanut. butter crackers and all of the things to try to get through this 20 plus hour flight.
1: (laughs) It's amazing what you do to try to get through a 20 hour flight. You just
0: never know. (laughs) Anyway, so that was really a give to God situation for me personally as mama bear. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if it wasn't the only way we could get through that in my eyes... Right. was God completely covering him in protection.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And then I remember talking to uh, some friends that lived in Nepal. Uh-huh. Um, they're friends now. They weren't, they weren't then. They were then. Yeah. No. I'm like, do y'all have peanuts there? Is that like a thing? <laughs> <laughs> like, is that only a thing here in the States? And they're like, no, we never, no, we don't have peanuts. Yeah. And then we get there and there are roasted peanuts on every corner. Right. <laughs> on every corner. I'm like, these, these are peanuts. <laughs> I think we had a language barrier, and maybe that was a God barrier. Right, because you might. Um, would have because decided. I would have said no. Right. Yeah. Because my job as Mama Bear is to completely protect our babies as best we can. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's just a huge leap. Had you ever had you ever traveled outside of the country at this point yourself?
0: I'm trying to think. At that point, maybe like to Mexico.
1: Right. Yeah. To I like had a, been to like a resort or something in Mexico. Absolutely. Or, yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, no. But that's not not extreme.
1: That's not Nepal. Like
0: Nepal's very third world.
1: Yeah, that's so um, describe describe that. Describe Well, Nepal. I'll talk
0: really quick about our leg there. So yeah. we missed our flight. Oh no. <laughs> from um there was weather and so we missed our flight from Dallas to Doha, Qatar. Okay. Qatar is very Middle Eastern. Yes. Right. Very, you are covered uh-huh. from head to toe. Right. Yeah. And if not, yikes. There could be trouble. Yeah, yikes. Right. Yeah. Um, also, women in that culture uh-huh. um, are not really held at the same standard as men. Right. Yeah. Also, we missed our flight there. Yeah. Oh, and no. the airline said, so you've missed your flight. You can come back tomorrow you need to leave and (laughs) time out what (laughs) Where am i supposed to go yeah what are are we supposed to do so we talked to a few people and we got some a hotel set yeah um and thought we were all set and then the airport said oh by the way you have to leave all your media equipment here so um they have a very censored country kind of like China does. Right, yeah. And so they didn't allow any of our stuff to go with us.
1: So Yeah, because they didn't want you to be on social media or posting, you know. No. Yeah.
0: So that was interesting. So now I have my child. <laughs> I don't want my things. Man. Um, we've left. We had a like. I had a backpack. Right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I had a backpack with things in it. Um, yeah, but, because
1: your luggage would have been checked. Like. Yes.
0: We didn't have anything. Wow. Um, and the problem with... I'm pretty scrappy as first to knowing where I'm at. Right. Like, survival of the fittest, I'm always going to survive. Yeah. <laughs> okay?
1: Um, I need to... Uh, I find you if there's a zombie apocalypse. Yes, I you find come you. to the Hayes Get, house. Okay. we got you. <laughs>
0: okay. Anyway, so I'm trying to, like, find my landmarks for us. But the problem with Qatar is, and at that point, we had... I'm trying to think. Ben and I backpacked Europe right after that. Oh, okay. So... I mean, we love to travel. Sure. Um, but but you hadn't done it at this point. At that point, I hadn't. And the problem with Qatar is that everything is like in France or Mexico or really anywhere. Uh-huh. Um, some of their language is you can figure out what it is. Right. Right? Qatar is Symbols. Okay. I had no way to figure out where we were. Right. And I had no way to tell anyone what hotel they had dropped us or building they had dropped us at. Right. Because I couldn't read it. It was all symbols. Yeah. 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 And so it was scary. Right. That was probably the scaredest I've ever been. Right. With your five year old. With my five year old. Yeah. Wow. So it all worked out. I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hunter's here. Um, We go back to the airport. The next day, I did not sleep in that situation. Yeah, I'm sure. It was a one eye open type thing. Let Hunter sleep, go back to the airport, get to um, Nepal, Kathmandu. Uh-huh. And it was another uphill battle. Yeah. Nothing in Nepal is organized.
1: Yeah, right.
0: Nothing is like you would think it would be set up. Uh-huh. Hunter and I got in the biggest mob you've ever seen uh-huh. um, because they were all just. On top of each other. Yeah. someday I'll show you pictures. Yeah. Um, and I remember screaming in the airport because we're all getting smashed. Right. Hunter is, you know, at my knees. Yeah, he's five. <laughs> he's little.
1: And you don't are desperate to not get separated desperate. from him. Yeah.
0: Desperate. Um, I remember screaming, trying to get people off of him, yeah. and finally I got my point across. Obviously, it was not in their native language. They had no idea what yeah. I was yelling. Yeah. And then it was so beautiful that the whole community and the mob that we were in started working with me uh-huh. and we got Hunter out of it together. Okay. Yeah. We didn't speak the same language. Right. But they saw a desperate mom. Yep. Trying to protect her kid. Yeah. 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 Which I might add was the only kid in all and of that. that. Huge mob. Um, yeah. And it was amazing.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. It, Yeah. That I mean the fact the fact that they all recognized they all you saw were it.
0: distressed
1: and then they and they worked with you to Yeah.
0: Wow. So we left the airport, we went to Five Fourteen, which is a beautiful um business uh-huh. and nonprofit in Nepal. And what they do is fight human trafficking. Okay. So the human trafficking rate is insane yeah in yeah. Nepal. And so they made it their mission to fight it. And so they have a house there. And so you can rent it. And that's where we stayed to go and tour Nepal. Right. Um, The really cool thing about that is we met some people that just happened to have their dad at this orphanage. Would you want to go see him? Yeah. We had no agenda in Nepal. We Uh were literally... God lead us where You want us to go. Right. So you
1: you literally showed up and I you knew where up. you were staying, and, and then you were just gonna trust the Lord to take you where You. Were That's
0: exactly to go. right.
1: Okay. <laughs> with, with your five year old. With my
0: five year old, okay. it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I will add, like, I had friends that went with us. Yeah, you We just alone. had got we got separated in the airport. We got multiple times. We got separated. Um obviously, whenever we went to our hotel, we right. were, we got separated. Yeah. Um, so I had a support system. Right. We just, you know, got separated a few times.
1: Well, and that's how international travel is a lot. Like I, I you're telling that story and it. I remember I, I went on a mission trip. My first time out of the country was to Ghana in West Africa. And, uh, I was taking a group of college students there. First time I'd ever left the country myself. And I'm taking, you know, 10 college students. Makes to sense. West Africa, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so there was a whole lot of crazy things that happened, but I will never forget walking out of the doors of the airport and there was just this sea of people. Chaos. None of them looked like me. None of them. Yeah. Like, there wasn't a, a single white person as far as you could see. And they're all talking in their language and coming up to me wanting to take my suitcase, you know, because, because that, you know, the, that's how they, some of them make money. They would, mm-hmm. you know, and they take your suitcase, you give them some money, you know, well I wasn't giving my suitcase to anybody, you know no. what I mean? I didn't know, no. I don't know any of these people, yeah. you know? And, uh, and I just remember, and all of a sudden one of the guys came up and identified himself as part of the organization we're going in. But that just like not in your stomach when there's this huge crowd, everything is different. The, everyone looks different. The smell is different. the, the feeling in the air is different. I mean, every every everything is totally different, and that just disorienting feeling when you yeah. when you're dropped off in another country like that. There
0: were so many things that I thought and felt on that trip that I just are unlike anything you've ever right. seen. And for the most part, like I said, Nepal's a very third world country. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: a lot of poverty.
0: A Lot of poverty. Um, toilets, for instance, are not a thing they've <laughs> gathered <laughs> that's um something of a very high class there right yeah. and it's not something that's there right. everywhere um yeah. and so it's just it's just different yeah it's different it's and like people that you're saying like don't look like you you don't look like them mm-hmm. you're looking at them they're looking at you why are you here yeah right and um hunter for instance he was like This little, tiny, um, very pale boy with bright green eyes. Right. And they were mesmerized by him. Yeah. They wanted to know why he was here.
1: Right. Yeah. So, anyway. There were probably times when you thought that, too. Why is he here? Why
0: is he here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hunter had the time of his life. He still talks about it. Um, But anyway, we went to, we found this guy that, had a dad that was helping with this orphanage and they called it a children's home there. Yeah. i um, not an orphanage, but, um, do, do you want to go? And I just had this, yes, uh-huh. yes, I want to go. Right. So we went and he took us, it was several hours away from the city center. And, um, I remember going into the arch and God saying, you're here. Oh, wow. You're here. And I'm like, here for what? Right. Where is here? What are what are we doing? Yeah, and so we stayed there for um, a couple days and just kind of got to know them, Mm -hmm. and walked all around the kids of the children's home. um, Walked us. We went on hiking trails with them. We attended church with them. Yeah. Um. So this is a
1: Christian organization in Nepal.
0: No, there are. It is not a Christian organization. Um, because that's a no-no. <laughs> that's right.
1: The, 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 not, not, yes. yes. I know what you're saying.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it is just a separate organization mm-hmm. that is was completely separate from this children's home. And they right. are all for one, one for all on their own. Right. Um, and we they took me up to this building. And um, I remember it was so clear, God saying, this is why you're here. Right. You're going to finish this. Yeah. And so I thought, I don't know how to build a building.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I'm not sure what that looks like. Yeah. Um, use me. I remember standing on top of the building saying, use me how you see fit. Yes. I don't know what you want. huh. Um, and it was, I mean, it was eye-opening. It was very a vulnerable, a very vulnerable moment. Right. Um, these kids, um, their debt was insane. Yeah. Um, they were just living on hope that God was going to provide at some point and it was going to work out. Wow. Um, we left there paying the debt off. Uh-huh. Like, let's start fresh. Right. Um, I left there talking with the people of the orphanage and saying, I'm making a commitment to you if you will provide for the kids' um, emotional needs and physical needs, uh-huh. provide a roof over their head and food in their bodies. Yeah. I am making the commitment to you that we will provide all of their education. Right. So books, tuition, uniforms, um, which is the only way for them to get out of the situation that they're in is a hand up. Yep. Right? And the only way for them to get out of the circle of poverty Mm -hmm. is to elevate themselves through education. Yep. And so that's kind of the way we look at it, and that's what we have really poured everything in the problem was when I got home, my sweet husband said, like, this is great, but this is not sustainable. Like, you can't just give all of our money <laughs> every year for this organization. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to need to figure out. He's like, we'll do it. Absolutely. Right. But you're going to need to figure out how to fund this.
1: Yes. Okay. And
0: so that's where Against the Green started. All right. And so to this day, I'm, I have never taken a paycheck.
1: Yeah. Not once. Right.
0: Um, I've taken Ben's paycheck, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and I have asked Ben to find, I'll get an idea. I'm like, man, it would be really great if I had this piece of machinery that costs X amount. And Ben's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> Cause he um, wants to say yes to you. That's, he's a yes yeah, man. That's right. That's good. Yes. So it's just been, it has grown to just really big, fun thing. Yeah. And so right now we're building a four story building. Uh At this orphanage, it is um, the exterior of it is completely funded. Wow. Which is great. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that it's finished. The exterior of the building is finished the end of May. Okay. And then as soon as the building is finished, and I do mean like I'm on standby. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) As soon as the building's finished, um, I'll head to Nepal to see the building finished and kind of just touch base with all of our kids there yeah. and see where they're at. Yeah. So, and again, I talk to them often. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but just a face to face conversation and lots of hugs. <laughs> yeah. How
1: many kids are at the over So
0: when they started, when we went there, there were nine. Okay. Um, but now there are seven because okay. um, people like the, some kids have graduated right. and um, one um, kiddo actually has, a home. Someone from uh, a family member reached right. out and said, "Hey, oh, like we're great. ready for her." And which yeah. is the goal? That's what yeah. you want to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's great. But the goal with a four-story building is that we can handle more kids, right? Because they're at capacity. Mm-hmm. They have done everything they can with what they have.
1: Yeah, yeah. And 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 if you're providing like educational, you know, opportunities for mm-hmm. and everything else, then. You know, yeah, that they could really a, a lot. They could take in a lot more and really give them. A, a head well,
0: out. and we've made big commitments to these kids. So there's one kid in particular, which I'm not going to say his name to, right. for privacy reasons, uh-huh. but um, he wants to be an engineer. Right. And I told him, let's do it. OK, let's do it. If you want to be an engineer, you have our support. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Right. That's so, awesome.
0: I mean, we're here to help him throughout his entire the whole journey. journey.
1: Yeah, that's so, so good.
0: That's fun. So we have um, an event called, um, well, it's just an against the grain night for Nepal is what yeah. we call it. Uh-huh. Um, we had it last summer. We raised a great amount of money. Yeah. I think we raised $25,000. That's awesome. Which was great for yeah. our first little backyard party. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it's not a little backyard yeah. party, but it's, it's pretty awesome event. So yes. that's awesome.
0: It's great. Um, we have Evie Mays is catering again okay. this year. Right. We'll have live bands and yeah. cornhole All and right. we know it's the 16th of July. Uh huh. Don't ask me what time yet, though.
1: Okay. 16th of July.
0: <laughs> 16th of July. Make
1: plans. And how can they? How can people get tickets to the event? Is it Against it's the Grain?
0: On our website, okay. againstthegraintexas.org. The tickets are not available yet, but okay. they will be in April. Okay. We'll start selling them, um, and we'll go from there.
1: All right. All right. That sounds that sounds awesome. So if you're listening to the podcast, this is a great way. You can go out and have a great, fun, awesome night, hanging out with great, fun, wonderful people And, uh, and you're helping, uh, you're helping to give kids in Nepal a future, Yeah, which is, uh, yeah, it's fun.
0: Yeah. And we have, we're working through other things. The privacy concern is where a lot of our hiccups are because we would love, we have all of these sweet kiddos that we're praying for over daily. Um, I would love to allow other people to sponsor like individual kids Uh and kind of support that kiddo in their household too. Right. And so that's kind of, if anyone has any ideas on that, um, that's our next big step. So we built this four-story building. Um, Our next big step is, and we know how to have um, the night for Nepal. We've done that. Right. Our next big step is to figure out how to get these kids in people's homes to sponsor individually.
1: Yeah, right, right. So, so that individual people are, are taking ownership for helping provide their, you know, basic needs and their educational needs and those kinds of things. Right. Your, okay. Right. All right. Yeah, I wish I knew the answer to that. I don't. Me too. So. I'm still
0: praying about it. And um, I'm getting my doctorate right now yeah. over global leadership is the big term of it. But uh-huh. basically in my dissertation, I'm working on how can we help without hindering? How can we provide all of these needs to yeah. these kiddos, um, without having any sort of repercussion, right? Um, and not only for them, but for their village.
1: Yes, yeah. A lot of times, uh, our efforts in our efforts to help in places like Nepal, uh, the things that we have done, they can be harmful. Yeah, they can. They can for generations. Be... Yes, right.
0: Yeah. Um, so I told you I wasn't going to have a book, but I just thought of one. Okay, good. In All true right. form here. What is um, it? When helping hurts. Oh, I'm that's sure you read book. it. Yeah, no, it's um, an awesome book. It is a lot to unpack. Uh-huh. I have read it multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know that it's all the answers, but it gets your brain thinking, which well, I think just opening your opening the conversation Yeah. um is important and that's not a conversation people want to have.
1: Right. Yeah, the problem is the problem is that there is no like th- there's no uh, uniform answer. There's not because, no. I because cultures are really different. And so uh, in order to, to drop into a, uh, a different culture and help, you know, in, in a tangible way, uh, you, there, you have to navigate whatever's going on in that specific situation. So there's some principles that the book lays out that I think are super helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what you said is exactly right. It want it's just trying to get you to think through what you're doing and to imagine what the consequences are. And Um, And to kind of factor all that in as you're, you know, as you're working through it. Because often, I mean, it's so much easier just to write a check, right? Or it's so much easier just to, you know. But sometimes
0: that's really helpful. That's what they mean.
1: Yeah, check writing is not a bad thing. But... But sometimes it's, you know, it's much more complicated and it takes a lot more effort to think through all of the ramifications of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, that, and and I think that's what the book really outlines pretty well.
0: And that's really, I mean, I started in the, with Nepal in 2018. Uh-huh. It's 2022. Right, yeah. <laughs> I have tried really hard for everything that we've done to be very prayerful decision and yeah. in his time. Right. So something that you asked me before is what am I learning right now? Uh It is to be still. Yeah. To have patience, be still, and wait.
1: And I know enough about your personality to know that is not very easy for you at all. Gosh,
0: that's hard. (laughs) That is so hard. I am a doer and a goer, Uh and I have a million things on my plate at one time. Right. And that is fulfilling to me. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. And so, but, but the whole idea of, Don't run out in front of the Holy Spirit here, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is working, the Holy Spirit is doing something. And so it's good to be, it's good to be proactive. It's good but, but make sure that we're waiting on the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's taught me some good lessons the last couple of years. Yeah. And all of it has stemmed from wait. Right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Be still. Uh
0: This isn't quite right yet. Yeah. Um, not to say that that's not what his intentions are, but it's not yet. Right. Um, but
1: that's good. Well, uh, okay. So that's awesome. I, uh, I'm excited to, uh, for people to hear more about what you're, what you're doing and, uh, and the ministry that that's happening there in in Nepal. And, um, and so we don't know the names of these kids, but, but we can, we can sure start praying for them right now. So, uh, so that's, uh, so that's what we'll do. We're going to pray for them. And then, uh, And, uh, and then, uh, and then we'll kind of close up our time together, but let's, let's just pray. Let's just pray for them. So father, there's a, there's a group of seven kids in Nepal right now. And, um, and if we want to talk about what it's like to be in the dark, some of these kids know exactly what it is. Life has turned the switch off on them and they have found themselves alone and, um, and without very much hope for a future. But you, Lord God, um, you, you pierce the darkness with your light and, and there's, no, uh, there's no situation, Lord, that we can find ourselves in. You promise in your word. The night is like, it's like day to you, you know? Dark is like light to you. You're not lost in the dark. And so, and so you, we know that you're with these boys and girls uh, and you are, love them and you are drawing them to yourself and you are revealing yourself to them and we just thank you right now for all of the people that you're using in that process, and and uh, a lot of those folks are are with those children right now in Nepal, and they work with them every day, and then and then some of them are people like like Alana and others who uh, who just feel burdened and and called to to help in some way, and so we're grateful for for the way that your Holy Spirit's working there. We pray right now though for your protection over them. We pray for. Um, for wisdom, for all the folks who are in charge of their care, um, and and God, we just we we pray that you would just continue to reveal yourself to them, that they would that they would begin to see and understand your great love for them, and ultimately, God, what we want is we want we want for them to surrender their lives to you, and um, and to want to serve you above all other things, because we know that that's what you want for us. So we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. Okay. So, if, uh, for all of you folks who are, who are listening on the podcast today, make sure that you make sure that you head out to the website for Against the Grain. We're going to put a link to the website in the show notes. So, so click on that. There's a lot of great things on there. A lot of a lot of really cool uh, merchandise on there, uh, and a lot of just a lot of really awesome things. Atlanta. They do great work. Um, but but also be looking in April for those tickets because that's a that's going to be an awesome event. You're going to want to be a part of that. And um, and and we, we can make a difference around the world. I, I think the, my favorite thing about this story, though, Atlanta, this is my favorite thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of things I love about the story, because I'm just imagining you and five year old Hunter like in the airport in Nepal, like you know what I mean. I just I can't get over that. That's awesome. It's so,
0: just such a corrupt country.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And Christianity does not favor well there.
1: Right. Yeah. No, they're very so, they're anti.
0: It, it is. It's penalty by death right. if you convert anyone to Christianity. Right. And so it's just. It's scary. I can't yeah. believe Ben said yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can. I can. So, uh, but I will. But my favorite thing about all of this, though, and this is something that we as believers really need to understand more. And I'm. I'm, I'm probably going to say this wrong. Okay. But. But. But you were. You. You had a friend call you and say, "Hey, I think you're supposed to go." The Lord's telling me you're supposed to go on this. So, so you were just like, "Okay, right," and you went, right, and then you get over there, and you're and you are brought face to face with a need, a you know massive need in the lives of these children, right? Uh, but your response to that was, you know, how can how am I supposed to be the solution, you know? Because oftentimes we're confronted with big need, we're like, "Well, someone should do something about this." You know what I'm saying? Like, that's our yeah. normal response. This is yeah. terrible. Someone ought to do something about this. Right. But we don't often imagine ourselves as the solution. You know, that the solution that God has put in place. You know, and uh, and and so my my favorite thing about the story and is that you're just like that was your immediate response was okay, I will do something. You know, and sometimes that can that's sometimes what we can do is little. You know. And sometimes what we can do is really big, but but empowered by the Holy Spirit. Like, how do we know what we can accomplish until we're willing to say, well, God, you brought me here, right? You, you brought me here face to face with this need. Surely you want me to do something about it. I don't know what it is, but I'm just going to start doing until you tell me to stop.
0: Right. And something that's coming to mind as you're talking is... They just needed one person to say yes. Yeah. They needed one person to believe in what they were doing, right? Um, and say yes. And you can translate that to people in our own community that right. are suffering with different things. Yeah, they need one person yeah. to stand up and say yes.
1: Yeah, stand up and say, "Look, I see, I see what you're going through. I see what you're suffering through, mm-hmm. right? And I am with you. I'm here. And I want to do something to help. Yeah. Right. So." Uh, and all too often, that's not the approach we take. Even as the church, even though we serve a Savior who did that, like he would, he's he's headed to to heal Jairus' daughter. You know the 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 synagogue leader. He's headed to heal, and and a woman sneaks up behind him and touches his cloak because she wants to be healed. He stops everything, you know, and and looks at her and draws everyone's attention to her, you know and uh and says your faith has made you well you know he it you know lepers on the side of the road calling out to him he stops everything and and meets them where they are and um and so we that same holy spirit power is at work in us and just as christians we we need more to begin to see ourselves as god's solution you know to the hurt and the heartache and the brokenness in this world, He is redeeming this world. He's yeah. going to make it all new, but He's going to use us to do it. And so we've got to see ourselves as that solution. So I think that's my favorite part of the story. That's what I'm taking home from all of this. I so, love it. Uh, and uh, and uh, for those of you out there uh, listening today, um, what if what if we started to think about our lives that way? What if we started to think about our faith that way? That that the whole point of our faith and our and our belief in Christ and our and and everything that we're doing right the whole point of it would be for God to bring us face to face with needs of people all around us because he wants to use us to fix it
0: what if we said yes yeah
1: yeah what if we said yes that's a great question uh, keep that on your hearts and your minds this week alana Thank you very much for joining. this Thank you This for was having awesome. Me. Yeah, this is awesome. So, uh, and uh, it's just wonderful to hear to hear your heart. So um, thanks for coming and uh, we'll see you guys all next week. Thanks for tuning in to First Things First. We want to invite you to join us for worship this Sunday at First Shallow Water. You can find us at 703 Avenue J in Shallow Water, Texas. Our Sunday morning service starts at 1030 a.m. Click on the link in the description of this episode for more information about our church or if you'd just like to reach out to us. Check out the previous episodes of this podcast. Make sure you do that. We really have had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories. And make sure you check back each week for a new episode. Until then, we'll see you around town.